is this not? <sighs> that was a good monster growl. <sighs> oh no, you've been drinking dick vigor. Dick vigor. <laughs> whole 15 seconds i had a, br- a burp just brewing <laughs> just brewing and i was like mm, keep it together oh keep it together you're a lady jess you're a lady a lady your mother didn't raise you like this <laughs> mm, i'm sitting here with beer and popcorn i'm i'm sitting here with water and nothing but oh but i did order pizza hut yesterday pizza hut pizza is shit but i love the sides and let me tell you i order three boxes of the chicken wings <laughs> and just eat all of those become a monster someone stop me it's amazing though this episode was not sponsored by pizza hut but i wish it was I wish it was fucking i'll have the horrible flaccid pizzas if they sponsor us i like the cheesy bites they don't do them anymore Oh, you mean the the pizza crust or like the sides of the cheesy bites? No, the pizza crust. Yep, Don't they, they do it? Took them away. As far as I know, that's the only reason I ordered it as well. The fucking chicken wings and the cheesy bites. And 2020 has taken so much from me. It took two of my buns <laughs> and my cheesy bites. And I'm I'm mad. I, I'm so poor that I can get Pizza Hut like twice a year. So <laughs> they've just lost a loyal customer. <laughs> A loyal customer that they didn't really have in the first place. Years and years ago, when I was a different person, I used to work at a retail company that shall remain nameless. <laughs> but, but my favorite thing was when people would complain and then be like, and and I'm never shopping here ever again. You've just lost a loyal customer. And you look in their account and they had one order for like a discount <laughs> pair of shorts. And you're like, oh no, whatever shall we do without you? Oh, it's just bankruptcy for us from here on out (laughs) even if they had a fucking thousand orders your money's not coming to me brenda yeah i get nothing to work here i think it's because people can't tell the difference between you and the company yes i mean fair enough like when you work there people are like oh you're you're a representative and blah 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 no no like that kind of thinking is for people who haven't yet mastered object permanence (laughs) And when people are like, why are you doing this to me? It's like, it's sometimes things just go missing in the post. Has this never actually happened to you before, Brenda? Because what kind of amazing postman do you have that no post has ever gone missing ever in your whole life? And no, I'm not physically doing it to you. Sorry. Sometimes things go missing in the post. Sometimes bigots vote for Brexit, Brenda. Brenda! I still work at the place that you're referring to and I've got some therapy that is due. Mm-hmm. Yes. So... I'll just, I'll stop getting it out of my system now. I'm done. I'm fine. This is this is good because this is a therapy podcast where we dive <laughs> into the all the things about mental health, but then we M Night Shyamalan it at the end, and it's a twist. No, it's not. It's about horrible things from history, and it's called Everything Is Awful Forever. But you should know that because you're the one who's listening to it. I don't know why everyone has to introduce their own podcast. You you're not just like listening to podcasts <laughs> on roulette, and they're like. Oh, Oh, what is this I 
I might sample it. Don't mind if I do. You <laughs> clicked it. You know the name and it's everything awful forever. Brenda, fuck you. I'm sick of your shit. I'm Jessica Byrne and I'm sick of you, Brenda. I'm Philippa Evans and I think, you know, this kind of explains why you and I don't have a customer service for our podcast. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Segways. We've introduced ourselves, we have introduced the podcast, and uh, now I'm going to tell you some things. I don't even know what you're going to tell me. Now then, Philippa, this, this might be something that you feel so against that we might take it out, but Ooh. I'm going to do an advert right out of the gate, <gasps> because Patreon. We got expenses, and without your support of Patreon, we'd kind of not be able to afford those expenses. So... Because of our patrons, our podcast exists. So I'm just, I just kind of want to say that I'm so, so grateful for our shriveled, I'm actually physically recoiling right now, our shriveled, cynical hearts can't really fully express it well. I'm like curling into a husk as we speak. <laughs> like a leaf drying in the autumn sun. <laughs> the blight has taken me and I'm just shriveling away. <laughs> so with that in mind, if we get more patrons, we'll be able to do more things with this podcast and therefore give you cooler, better things. So I'm plugging all of this because I did a Patreon episode about dumb, cursed, definitely will make you feel worse, quote, cures for things mm -hmm. but there were so many in that that i just couldn't throw them all away and so i'm doing this episode cursed cures i'm going to try all of them after this episode okay i want you to call me dr feelgood fandango jesuits <laughs> dr feelgood yes i'm philippa feel bad i have all the health problems so i do hope that you're going to cure every one of my symptoms by the end of this episode. I shall. So what I'm going to do is list a an ailment and then tell you the cure of how you can solve that. So you'll find one of your ailments in there, definitely. I'm also a hypochondriac, so maybe by the end of this episode, I'll have a few more ailments. Oh, good, but then you'll have the cure. So it's win-win. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Mm -hmm. And you can buy all of this at Speakeasy Stores on Etsy. <laughs> I have Newton, tongue of dog. <laughs> so in the first half of this, I'll be looking at things that you need to ingest to try and cure yourself of the collie wobbles and the jiggery pokery. And in the second half, I'll be looking at things that you don't take orally or like put inside you. <laughs> I like that you split up the two because, mm, they, yes. There's some of these ingredients where it's like, don't get them mixed up. Oh, wait, no, except some do cross over. Never mind. But the first thing I'm going to talk about a little bit is corpse medicine. Mm -hmm. So we've had a lot of fun and games unraveling the fact that up until about 200 years ago, we were munching down on mummies and other body parts like it was going out of fashion. So Philip has already covered this in... What episode was it? It was like one of your very early ones, wasn't it? It was like number three. Yeah, yeah. Back when we were so young and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Oh my god, and we were recording like three times a fucking week and... <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> the cure for that was cynicism and despair. <laughs> so, yes, she has covered this in a lot more detail, but I want to just like gloss over a few of the things that she missed out because she is not a doctor. I am. So for varying reasons, bodily fluids and things would restore vigor to you, or it was just delicious ancient human jerky, like the mummies. <laughs> so it would be fairly common for body parts to be used in varying 
medicines and ointments. Sometimes if you know had a problem with your liver, you need more liver, just eat some human <laughs> liver. You know how there's like a horrifying amount of animal products in everything, like cosmetics, tissues and pens. Mm-hmm. So like nails, bones, fat, blood, hair, flesh, all of this, every part of the human could be used in remedies. So if one of your body part was sick, like maybe you've got epilepsy, just eat some human liver. That'll cure it. Just eat some liver. With epilepsy, honestly, did they run through every organ and fluid available? Mm -hmm. Because they were like, one of them has to stick. I think maybe they were coming up to somebody who was just like elbow deep in a corpse, rummaging around, and they're like, uh, and so he just picks up a thing. It's like, here a gallbladder and just passes it to them and it's like oh thank you doctor (laughs) thank you so much and then scurries away this is probably incorrect because this was something I read about two years ago and what am I Wikipedia (laughs) but I swear to god that one cure for epilepsy was drinking a whole bunch of human blood and then going for a jog (laughs) they tried everything the epilepsy episode is coming <laughs> uh, sorry. In, yes. I have, yes, it is indeed. I have epilepsy now from that word. <laughs> um. So blood. It. <laughs> the reason that they drank a lot of blood is because people believed that like vitality was stored inside the human blood. So if you're feeling a bit low, like you've got seasonal affective disorder, just go full vampire and munch on Mildred. But the trouble is now Mildred has less blood, and so she's feeling a bit bad. So she goes and sups oh. on Greg. But then Greg feels low, and so Greg sups on you, and now it's just this ridiculous, never-ending vampire circle jerk. I like that it's contagious. It is. I'm a doctor. (laughs) Sign up to our Patreon so that we can cover all the inevitable lawsuits (laughs) that will follow this episode. What's that, Philippa? You said that you've got an ache, is that? I am an ache. You are an ache. Just grab some human fat and rub it on there. But what if I have lots of human fat already? Ah, see, this is an extracted fat, so it's not just like someone else's or your own love handle. You gotta... Suck up the fat, get a lovely little, like, fat ball, slop it on there. Cure that ache. This is going to end up like that Fight Club movie, where they're stealing the human fat for... Ooh. Mm. And we still do it to this very day. Mm-hmm. What else is that you've got there, Philippa, on your wrists? Are those Bible cysts, I see? What? Little lumps that manifest on the hand or the wrists. Now, these can be cured... According to a German anatomist, Lorenz Heister, in 1743, by touching the cyst with a dead man's hands. I have many questions. Yes. The first is, why were they called Bible cysts? Is it from holding heavy Bibles? Excuse me, did you go to medical school? (laughs) Apparently not. So I could go into the details of why it's called Bible sits with mumbo jumbo that you won't understand because you're so feeble minded. So just shut up, <laughs> take this severed hand, and rub it all over your hand to cure them. Spoken like a real doctor. Thank you. I'm not listening to you. I don't care. <laughs> so. The main reason human remains and things like that were used is because they were thought to contain the spirit of a person, and that spirit could heal. Uh, The spirit is kind of considered the connection between the physiology and the soul. So 
like I said, Philippa covers this more in her episode of Medicinal Cannibalism. I just wanted to kind of revisit the idea and remind people. Cannibalism in the non-European countries were touted as savage, when really it was a kind of like deeply personal and social practice. Whereas we, on the other hand, were chopping people up like beef and slipping it into its <laughs> mechanical parts and eating it with as much forethought as you would as taking a vitamin C supplement. So... Who is the savage, really? It turns out we were the savages all along. <laughs> Deep in Brazil or Canada, you have tribes respectfully eating the dead as per their wish, with consent and specific rituals. Yeah. Whereas, you know, we just ripped people from the scaffold. Mm -hmm. So you've told me that you've been feeling a little bit hot and also you've got a fear of water now or water makes you angry, then you bit the water a lot and growled at me. <laughs> so I think you've got a little bit of rabies there. Not to worry, though. We can cure that. Not only because the British Isles are rabies-free, which is why our animal quarantine process is so lengthy. Sorry, Bun Bun. If you get rabies, our international listeners, and also Philippa, the dirty, filthy foreigner, this one <laughs> is for you. If you are bitten by a rabid animal, or even another rabid human, here's what you should do. Get some raw veal. If you don't have access to raw veal, don't worry, I know we're not all wealthy here. A human child? No, but you could just get some she-goat dung. Same thing. Must be a, a she-goat. Same thing. Veal or she-goat dung. Then you place that over the wound for no less than four days. So, <laughs> strap it to yourself. Four days. Do not remove it. It must remain. While you have that meat or dung strapped to the bite zone, you must eat only lime and hog fat. I mean, that sounds like your ultimate diet. I can see you sitting in the bath, like, eating bacon fat and drinking a mojito or whatever lime goes in. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think that. So, yeah, imagine it. You're just there eating fistfuls of sopping lard, washing it down with just squirts of lime as you're sitting there with a festering fly-covered oh. chunk of meat on your already definitely infected rabbit bite wound. So this is one of those cures that I think may fall under the category of you didn't die of rabies because you died of something else. <laughs> so I'd say that's a cure. May I just say that I would be the worst at treating myself with this because if you put the dung on yourself, it's going to get crusty after four yes, days. it will. Yes. And I, I just can't. When I got my tattoo, I was told that it would get itchy and I mustn't pick at it. Cue Philippa two days later, ripping off her own flesh in swathes, screaming <laughs> into the night because I couldn't stand the fucking itch. So, yeah, yeah, good. Dung. Yes, dung. And I haven't done this since I was a 12-year-old, but picking off a scab... Oh, for scabby knees is the most satisfying thing in the land. And I have had sex once. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, sorry, my brain just kind of made a full sentence out of that and connected the, the dots. Yeah. I was making a joke. It, it's a comedy podcast, Philippa. Fuck what? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Get funny. All this time. Yeah. Yep. The next thing. Dieting. So now, Philippa, you're a Victorian lady and you need to make your waist as small as humanly possible. There's only so much an organ-crushing whalebone course it can do for you. I'm afraid you need to reduce. Oh no. And what are you going to do? Exercise? Drink more water and eat less? No. <laughs> fuck, fuck that. <laughs> That's ridiculous. And also that sounds really hard. 
I just want to be thinner without having to do anything. Caffeine is an appetite suppressant, but it's just so hard to come by, and all the slaves that pick it fucking moan, so ain't nobody got time for that. I've heard of an appetite suppressant as well that's good for weight loss, which is speed. Now we're playing with money, but again, that's something that I need to take a lot of times and it makes me not sleep and I really like doing that, so that's not on the table. There is this new drug though. It was synthesized by a Japanese chemist in 1893. This new drug at first was used to treat narcolepsy, asthma, and then sleep, hmm. but afterwards it was then prescribed as a weight loss wonder drug. It had a funny name, and a bald man with dark glasses and a hat came over to me yelling about being the one who knocks or something, and I was like, get out of my house, and then he was like, I'm the one who knocks, and I'm like, but you didn't even knock, you just came in. Who the fuck is that guy? Why are his trousers so low? Why is he yelling science, bitch? Anyway, meth was the name, I think, was the name of the drug. But again, this is just Japanese stupid foreign things, and foreign things scare you you and also you like having teeth and no facial lesions you need something that's a one use type thing where you don't have to do anything i've got just the thing for you a tapeworm oh my god why didn't i think why of that because before because you're an idiot so this is so easy. You just consume one little tapeworm egg and then the parasite hatches inside you, makes its home in your in your intestines all cozy and cute mm. and starts to consume whatever it is you eat instead. That way you can enjoy all the fucking cake and the land and none of the calories because the serpent that lives inside your body is eating <laughs> it for you. On the bright side... Although you have yet to mention a dark side, mm -hmm. they don't cost you a fucking fortune in vet bills either. Absolutely. So perfect pet. It's the perfect pet. You're like incubating it inside like it's your child, except the child is slowly consuming your life essence and you're withering away in a horrible, painful death. Isn't that what children do anyway? <laughs> If I had a glass of wine, I'd sip it right now. I mean, look, the best snuggle is the snuggle that happens deep inside you. <laughs> so there, there are some side effects on the box of this, but I don't think you need to know that because just think about how thin and great you'll look. So never mind that it's agonizingly painful and you slowly begin to starve to death no matter how much you consume and imagine the living, living horror of everything you eat and not feeling any less hunger pains and you trying to consume and consume and consume and the fact that it might actually can really cause a lot of damage and it's because it's a parasite living inside you. And no matter how much you eat, you still might die because it's just going to take everything you have and you're malnourished so now all your hair is falling out and you're completely gone and your cheekbones are protrudingly on fleek. You look amazing. Skeletal with a hideously swollen abdomen, but I'd say that's a cure. Thinness is everything. Get, Get a, a tapeworm, tape everybody. Thinness. That's the. Then there'll be like a little music stinger in there. That's our new advert. Tapeworm. How about uh, a nasty cough you have there, Philippa? It's the time in the pandemic for it. It is indeed. So we all know that cough medicine basically just kind of soothes the pain and it can't really cure the cause of a cough. Not even that. Cough medicine is a fucking lie. It is a lie. It's basically just like syrup with painkillers in it. It just coats your throat and it has paracetamol in. I'm just going to say that cough medicine is like squirting at a raging fire with a child's water gun. It really is. I have been in the depths of pain with coughs and cough 
cough medicine. <laughs> Give me the fucking dead pigeon covered in half to place on my feet, Jess, because I will try anything else. <laughs> I was going to say this, like... I'm sure every single person has like a different kind of old wives' tale of what it takes to cure a cough, like hot orange, honey and lemon, rub a pregnant rabbit on your cheek. I don't know, just anything. Jess, not to get dark, but I went to a doctor and I was like, doctor, I have been screaming myself awake for the last four nights from my own pain from my throat. Give me fucking codeine or give me death. I have just the cure for you now, so you don't have to resort to death. I'm ready. Because I am a good doctor. This was from a German pharmaceutical company, Bayer. And they had this cure in the early 19th century. And it's marketed as a wonderful cure for cough and non-addictive. Its name, because of how heroic it was, is heroin. I'll take it. Let's go. So... If you had a nasty morphine habit, which you probably do because you work in the service industry, this new drug heroin was given as a cure for morphine addiction. Uh. It was presumably by getting you hopelessly dependent on heroin instead, because at the time they didn't realize that heroin metabolized into morphine, which is what gave you that sweet pain-free oblivion and much faster than morphine too so you just kind of completely forgot about your car fuck that it's gone yay (laughs) it is so dark oh are you still there yeah yeah, i'm just listening to you that's so (laughs) rare of an occurrence you were like oh is she gone (laughs) i was like what is this ringing sound that is yet no sound at all Shut up, Philippa, I've got more things to say. (laughs) So a lot of the time, the cough heroin users didn't really have a cold. They were kind of suffering from horrible diseases like tuberculosis, so they really needed that heavy pain relief. But as we can't have nice things, it soon found its way into recreational drug use, popularized by young men in New York. So I think... That's a cure. Let's cure your addiction with more addiction. Oh, yeah, I know. So sad. Those poor people. Yeah, because as I was reading into this, all these people that were taking these cough medicines, but then just going to the hospitals, like, this is, I'm dying and I don't feel happiness anymore. The only thing I feel is need for cough medicine. And so it's just so grim. But it's fine because you don't have a cough anymore. So what are you complaining about? <laughs> anyway, that's a nasty bit of gout you've got there, Philippa. It's all the wine drinking. Are you going to cure it with shrooms this time? I am not. In fact, this one is so self-explanatory, so easy and simple. I'm just going to... Eat somebody with gout? Um, nope. It's it's even easier than that. Even easier. And you'll have these ingredients just lying around your house as well. So I'm just going to read directly from the medical text, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here we go. This is directly from the text. Go, Dr. Feelgood. Take an owl and pluck it clean and open it. Clean and salt it. Put it in a new pot and cover it with a stone and put it in an oven and let it stand till it be burnt. And then stamp, which means pound, it with boar's grease and anoint the gout where is. <laughs> Two questions. Yes. Boiling an owl for gout. I didn't say boil. I put it in a pot and cover it with a stone and then put that in an oven. That's a lot of work to go to for gout. And What's confusing about owl ash and boar grease? And also, where the fuck am I going to get an owl at this time of day, Jess? That's it's, not my it's problem. It's 20 to 8. Philippa, all the owl shops are closed. Philippa, just get the owl ash. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not having this argument with you again. Just get the owl ash. All right, fine. Out into the Edinburghian woods I go. <laughs> anyway, I think your gout's gone. That's a cure. <laughs> that worked. I was hoping that it was boiled. I think I was thinking of the phrase boil an owl or something. Surely that was a phrase. I think so. Boiled as an owl, I think, is a uh, drunk. It's a 20s slang thing, isn't Definitely it? Definitely is. If it's not, it is now. It is now, and you may use it. We create history. <laughs> now, this one might be a bit of a touchy subject for you, but do you have impotence, lethargy, and general loss of vigor? Sometimes I can't get it up in the bedroom. I know it to be true. That one time was so disappointing for me. Anyway, this one is so, so easy. If you don't have any energy, drink an energy drink. It's right there on the fucking label, you idiot. Put that owl ash down, you fool. <laughs> what? Monster energy drink. <laughs> owl ash flavor. May I just say that I'm currently playing Death Stranding. Oh. And it's very good. Oh, yeah. But every time you rest in the game, you've got a little table covered in monster energy drinks. And I just, I yeah. cringe so hard at the product placement. He needs to unleash the monster within, or whatever the slogan is, I don't know. <laughs> or oh, the baby, the weird baby thing. Oh no, take it back. <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen, we haven't talked about him for a while, he's in that game, yay. That's, oh, I wondered why I was thinking of Hannibal as I talked about. It's, yeah, I'm playing the game just for Mads. Yeah, yeah, we all know. One of the dogs that I walk, oh, by the way, I'm a dog walker now. I've taken a job at dog walking because not enough people have joined Patreon to keep me <laughs> in the manner to which I have become accustomed. But one of the dogs... I love that you're like, we have needs, and for that we need Patreon, and by needs you mean gilded staircases I needed gilded or nothing am i supposed to <laughs> how am i supposed to descend dramatically unless it's gilded fair enough i look like a fucking fool just descending normal stairs tell us about your dog mm, okay <laughs> so well, <laughs> is it called mads mickelson no one it the one of the dogs is called maddie she's a huge labradoodle and i love her a lot but i call her mads mickelson now that's all i was that's all i wanted to say <laughs> oh mads come mads come um, anyway. I don't think that this is appropriate for dog walking. <laughs> I hope none of your customers are listening to this podcast. I doubt it. They have good taste because they've all got very good puppos. <laughs> Back to the energy drink thing because you've got no vigor and you're impotent. What is more energetic mm -hmm. than something that actually glows? Just take oh, a no. little radium water. This stuff <sighs> has cured everything. Radium dissolved in water and was sold over the counter in the 1920s for the equivalent of a tenner. Radithor was a popular brand of radium water. If I was looking at the glowing green liquid, I would think to myself, that's going to make me want to go for a run. Mm -hmm. Like, if anything's going to give me energy. Yeah. Radium. Fucking Powerade. It's glowing bright blue. It's like phosphorescent. You're like, oh my god, yes. I mean, that's why they make energy drinks the weird-ass colors that they are, because you look at it and you think, that's going to give me a fucking superpower. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to sleep for an entire week. I'm going to get so much shit done. It's like you just sitting, staring at the wall, your eyes flickering. <laughs> <laughs> Eben Byers, who is a Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh industrialist and an amateur golfer on the up-and-up, started drinking Radithor to help heal a broken arm. He loved the stuff so much that he continued drinking it even after his arm had healed, sometimes even downing a bottle or two daily 
for three years. Oh, how did he live? Well, this is why it happened Glowingly. for three years. They were just like, Jonathan or what, Greg, whatever his name is, you're positively glowing. Oh, you look absolutely glowing. And he literally was. Yeah, I've already covered this kind of thing in the Radium Girls episode. So you're like, three years? Well, what happened after that? Well, he died. He died. He died hideously. Radium penetrates the bones, emitting radiation into the body and honeycombing the bones so that they're hollow and like they just kind of crumble in on themselves and his skull developed holes and just kind of collapsed in. And he lost most of his jaw and he basically crumbled into a horrific boneless pile of a human, dying a grisly, horrible death in 1932. Anyway, so this um, Eben Bias didn't die of having no energy or dick vigor so i'd say that's a cure i now want to market an energy drink called dick vigor hi i'm dick vigor i'm gonna come over and i'm gonna <laughs> do all your taxes for you i'm dick vigor so now that we've drank six cans of dick vigor i'd say we need to go to the workhouse marching along with our massive phalluses <laughs> that are glowing dick vigor away Now those orphans, do we give them dick vigor? I think that's inappropriate for orphans. I think that they're wrestling owls. Oh, to turn them into owl ash mm -hmm. for our other business. For, we've got a lot of side hustles going on here. The reason we have all these side hustles going is because we have the energy from dick vigor. I didn't have any energy, but then I took dick vigor, and now I do. Thinking of Victorian history, I had no energy and my life wasn't worth living. Then I took a dick. <laughs> Life's great. <laughs> <sighs> recommended by a real doctor. So it's all very good, but while that's happening, are you prepared mentally and physically and mentally for a dirty, nasty rumor? I'm positively aglow, waiting, pulsating brightly in the darkness. <laughs> How many dick figures have you drank today? Can one ever drink enough? <laughs> <laughs> Never. But let me tell you about David Conlon. WW1 was a bad time for everyone. But David was a WW1 veteran, and Australia had a veteran scheme to give them land to farm. In 1932, not long after Mr. Eppen was dying of too much dick figure, <laughs> in fact, Australia thought that there would be no more wars after this great war. But they were wrong. Because looming from the west was trouble. From the coast came inland a new threat, and they started to steal all of their newly planted grains. This trouble was emus. This was the Australian emu wars. David and many of the farmers' crops were being decimated by these flightless fucking asshole birds. They could run up to 30 miles an hour. I was fucking... I'm so scared of the emus that I can't talk. They can kick a man to death. <laughs> and there were about like 20,000 of them roaming around. So David implored the help of his veteran friends. And the Australian military sent a small militia to go and defeat the emu menace. Fucking foreign... Oh, wait, no, never mind. Australia's national bird is the emu. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so if they could defeat the evil in the West, they surely could defeat a few fucking birds. Their bones are hollow. But 
David soon found out that no, they could not, and the emus outran and outsmart the army. <laughs> they wasted so many bullets, being unable to shoot these skittery running around dickhole things, that David and his platoon actually lost the war. The emu war. And the, war, the emu war was officially ended, never to be taken up again, even though emus were still roaming the land. Basically, Australia was like, oh no, I guess this belongs to the emus then. And that's why it's their national bird. Yes, they have no choice. <laughs> emus. They're, they're conquerors proposed. The emus, they just go straight to the top. I can just see David sitting on the bench 80 years after the war being like, oh, I've seen some things, boy. Seen some things. Are you talking about World War One crimes? No, no. Anyway, thanks, David. <laughs> thanks, David, and your emu that I think should be called Chazwaza. <laughs> That's a Simpsons reference. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. And thank you to all our patrons. You guys have been fantastic. Thank you. Again, we're shriveling up into ourselves because it's hard to be vulnerable and say thank you, but thank you so much. Uh, don't know why you like us, but we're not going to discourage you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can follow us. We've got social medias and shit. But, you know, just type in Awful Forever Podcast or Pod in any form into a social media and we'll be there. Anyway, let's leave this place. It's making me feel ill. And I'm a doctor. So we've done all these things, we've we've ingested a lot of shit. I think it's time to stop ingesting stuff now and cure ourselves the old-fashioned way with ointments, salves, and other, perhaps more controversial things. Okay, so we're rubbing radium on our skin now. Mm, yes. Now, earlier you asked me what Bible cysts were. Yes. The proper name for them is ganglion cysts. That sounds worse. Yes, it does. I thought that's why Bible cysts sounded better. It's, you know, it's a nicer but word. why are they called Bible cysts? Well, Philippa, let me tell you. Oh, good. I was going to say, while you were talking, I was secretly trying to Google it. I couldn't don't, find come anything. On. Don't, you trust, don't you trust me? I'm a doctor. So if the dead man's hands thing didn't work... As if that could possibly happen. But just in case, maybe you weren't able to get your hands on the ingredient. Uh, Which was dead man's hands. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I think think I'm sick, doctor. Just take some owl ash, put it in the dick figure with hog fat, and then it's all gravy. And then turn it into gravy and put it on an owl and eat that owl. Mmm. <laughs> Owl meat. In case you've still got your painful wrist cysts, <laughs> and your wrist cysts are causing you a... That's why it's called Bible cysts. <laughs> After saying wrist cysts. Wrist cysts. <laughs> now everybody, say it. I don't care where you are. Are you driving? Are you on the street? Say wrist cysts. We'll wait. <laughs> You're on the fucking train and you just go, wrist cysts. <laughs> Someone turns around to you and then you just look at them dead in the eyes. Do not break eye contact and just say wrist cysts until they go away. Listen to Jess. She's a doctor. I'm a doctor. The wrist is causing you woe and you don't have access to a dead man's hands. So that's pretty bad. Those the dead man hands like will touch up all the cyst juice and make it go away. I don't really know. I'll prescribe you something that you definitely will have just lying around your house. Mm-hmm. A bibble. That's how I got the cysts in the first place. No, it's not. 
This is why it's oh. called a bibble cyst. Grab your bibble <laughs> and then whack that nasty pus-filled bubo back to hell. Oh. So any heavy object would do, but a bibble is good and big and thick and a very, very, very good book. Some would even call it the goodest book. The thing is, though, these, the ganglion cysts, usually just kind of go away on their own and they're really benign and, you know, they tend to just disappear after a month or two. Generally don't really cause any troubles. So, I mean, after I've had a zombie fondle them a while and then you pubble them with a bibble, I'd say that's a cure. Now I hear... You have a build-up of earwax. I produce it at the speed of an old person. Splendid. Then I've got just the thing. Make it into candles? No, but a candle is involved. Ooh. You, you need that wax out of your ear. Oh. We all know that sticking a cotton bud in there and swilling it around can sometimes impact the wax or draw it in deeper and shouldn't really be done. But no, then no, no. why did God give us ear dulled? I mean, earbuds. Earbuds, that's what I said the first time. That's what I heard. Mm -hmm. Did someone else say something else? No. Why did God give us those beautiful little bud things? What are they for? Why did we dig them up out of the earth and there they were? They were perfect for putting in your ears. <laughs> You're tilling the ground, <laughs> looking for, for owls, because you don't know where owls come from. But they're needed in a lot of ingredients, and there they are, just sprouting up. Like little... Uh, now, are they plants or fungus? I think fungus. Right, okay. But you don't don't stick those earbuds. They're even called earbuds. Exactly. What do people... I'm, an, I'm are angry. They, are they for makeup? I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know. And I have a box of them in my house and now I'm scared. Why can't I stick it in me? What, what are you for? What are you for? <laughs> they just keep multiplying. <laughs> Okay, so back to Okay, we've got a lot of wax. So, what I want you to do instead, though, mm -hmm. is I want you to lie down with your head on a pillow or just on a surface, just with your head, with the waxiest ear facing upwards <laughs> towards God. Okay. Are you doing that? Yes. Right now. That? Right now. Good. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to safely insert this medical instrument into your ear. This instrument is known as a... Is that a candle? A, it is a candle, yes. <laughs> it is a candle. Okay. Okay. I have now inserted the candle into your ear. So, you are now a human candelabra. No. <laughs> no. I know what you're thinking. I am not an overly wealthy, moneyed, bored idiot in a hellfire club getting a chesty woman to be a hu human candelabra for me for my table. Actually, what I'm thinking is, please don't light the candle. Oh, well. That, <laughs> Philippa, that is part of the cure. <laughs> okay, doctor. That is part of the cure. And I do do the human candelabra thing. I just do it with ladies' bottoms instead. So this is a serious medical thing. Whatever you do, Mildred, don't fart. <laughs> <laughs> Philippa, you're derailing my ear candle procedure. <laughs> Sorry, doctor. It's a very serious medical and goodening that I'm doing on to you. Please cure me, Dr. Feelgood. I will light your medical ear candle now. And it draws out the wax because that's what candles do. I have a question. Yes. Don't tilt your head. Keep <laughs> it upright. Yes. What is your question? My question is, surely that would wind up with more wax in your ear. No, you see. Uh, wait. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. You've just got, you, it's just way more waxy in there now. Wax play? Mmm. Doctor, feel good. I would count yourself lucky because the last person I did this to, that poor woman, 
Like, I did an ear candling on her, and then her house did go and burn down. And then she did go and burn to death inside it. But no more earwax, so that's a cure. Are you ready for the next thing? There's only two more, so don't worry. I'll have cured all of your woes in a few moments. I'm feeling so good right now. I don't even know what's left to be wrong with me. Well, what you might have is a case of drapetomania. Yes, that. Mm. That exactly. Mm. So if you don't know, um, drapetomania is also closely linked to dysesthesia aethiopica. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, yeah, everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. Uh, It's like a different condition, but the two are linked. So if you are suffering from these, I've got bad news for you. There's only one cure for this. And it's whipping. After the candle wax, I'm so ready. (laughs) This is getting very sexual. But Samuel Cartwright identified these conditions in the mid-19th century. He saw that slaves developed an insanity wherein they wanted to try and escape their masters. I know. All of them as well. Like, Like a lot of them. They were like, I don't like this. I want to escape. Put that in the DSM-6, because that's a fucking mental disorder. It is a mental disorder, and it's called drapetomania. If you're suffering drapetomania, you're a slave that wants to escape. You know, you joke, but I swear working in the service industry, (laughs) I do suffer from this. Please don't compare yourself to slaves. That's not Philip. You're right. You're right, Jess. I have it way worse. (laughs) That's true. That's true. But maybe you can benefit from this where the patient can be cured by whipping horribly. This took on like wildfire in the south of the USA because it sounded like science and it also kind of sounded like you were helping your slaves by sadistically whipping them like it wasn't just about you being the most disgusting kind of human that took pleasure from you know dominating another human it was now a moral thing you were curing them of their mental disease <clears throat> of course the rest of the country in the world recognized this wankery of justification and frederick Douglass once sarcastically remarked that since white indentured servants also run away, drapetomania was probably a European condition that had been introduced to Africans by white slave traders. So fucking, that's a cure? Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a cure. Now then, this is my last remedy, which I think will cure just all illness that you could have. This one, rheumatism, which is a disorder that affects the joints or connective tissues, causing pain and discomfort. So general just, you know, aches. Aches around you. I hear you have aches. You have aches? Aches is me. So it's quite a hard thing to pin down and even a harder harder thing to treat. So sometimes you just have to do something for the whole body. So in the 19th century, back in Australia, after, you know, wading through a sea of emus, you get to the southern coast and the cure for rheumatism would involve. Now, this is is quite a complicated procedure, so pay attention. So the cure is you sit inside a rotting whale carcass. Mm-hmm. So if the person could manage to stay inside the rotting whale carcass, like the Tim Burton version of Jonah and the Whale... <laughs> For 30 hours, then your joint and aches would be cured for 10 months. 10 months? This is like that Hannibal episode where they find somebody inside a horse. Mm-hmm. It j- what were they doing? Curing their rheumatoid arthritis. Curing their But they rheumatism. were doing it badly because they weren't inside a whale. 
What do landlocked people do? You need a bigger mammal. Get a bigger mammal, you idiots. So quite a few people seem to try this and said that it worked, and I'd say anecdotal evidence is still evidence, <laughs> so that's a cure. Anecdotal evidence is completely acceptable in my peer-reviewed mm-hmm. journal article on whale... Mm. Peer-reviewed by Dick Dickless Vigor. <laughs> so I think... Richard Vigor. Richard Vigor, I have cured you of all possible illnesses, and none of no, none of none of these newfangled injections, none of this, none of those injections that make you artistic or whatever it is, none of this wearing a mask like what I put on a mask and it's meant to scare the coronavirus away. And my mask is incredibly sweaty and I can't breathe. And also, what am I gonna wear for Halloween? Everyone's already <laughs> seen my fucking mask now. I don't have it. Like I was walking around town like a werewolf always. This is stupid. No. So I'm the doctor, I've cured everything, can't remember what my name was, it was something about feel good Jess, Jess figure, and that's it, everybody's cured, you're welcome. I feel great, Dr. Hazard, I mean, Je- 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 Dr. <laughs> Jess, feel good, I feel, Jess, feel Jess, great, Jess, Jess, yes, yes. Thank, thank you for curing wonderful. me, Jess, Th- thank you welcome. for the whipping, mommy, I mean, doctor. It's fine, uh, you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I liked all the cures. I think that we're going to find a whole new market of mothers who are into essential oil cures for their children's polio. Everything is awful forever. Shall have a new dawn. (laughs) All right. Anyway, I'm going to go and... Cure yourself. Boil an owl and all that stuff. Well, before you go, some things, like boiled owls... Oh, goddammit, oh, nice. I have to do more talking. Sometimes. Well, it's my turn, I'll have to do... Ah, oh, shit! Ah, uh, you have to think of a good thing. I have. I'm pretty sure the last time we did an episode, I said I was going to go outside. And <gasps> Jessica, Laurence, Olivia, Frankenstein burn. Yes? I have gone outside. Oh my god. Not only that, but I've gone outside every day. What? That's why I hurt so much. So So that is my some things. And I sometimes I'm trying to deal with my rampant agoraphobia. And I'm going outside and walking in nature. Oh, that's really good. That's nice. And on the days when I don't want to go outside, my partner bribes me with going to the bookstore. And that's been Mm. working too. That's very good. And on that note, let's all go outside for a little bit and collect owls for our side hustle. And whales, but how the fuck am I going to fit that into a student-sized fridge? Get a small whale. I'm not a small woman, Jeff. 